You're just mad about the uh, beer. Mad, I don't think is the word for it. Sullen. Yeah. I'll let you go first this yeah, that's, time. That's very nice of you. Everybody, welcome to season two, episode 17 of Stats Matter Podcast. The episode where my co-host, podcast co-host, such a fucking dickbag, <laughs> just got a, a whale <laughs> from Boston, Massachusetts. <laughs> I got a double IPA from Gourmet. It's pretty good. That's what's in our cups this week. We're going to talk about the steering Grand Prix round two, get the redux, NBA finals prediction, the green plant, marijuana, reefer madness, weed, whatever you want to call it, should not be a performance enhancing substance. And we're going to finish with an ode to show Ayatani. You can follow us on Instagram, Stats the Matter. Twitter, Stats Podcast. Find Stats the Matter wherever you're your podcast. Sit your Apple, Google, Spotify. And somebody, somebody please get this man a shitty 3.25 beer. Because if he keeps coming with whales in the podcast like this, <laughs> I might have to go back to the old me and start buying cans. <sighs> yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, you sent a little extra salty in this one, but that's salty. fine. That's like fine. the ocean. Let's yeah. go. Start of this episode of Stats Matter podcast, we're 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 just top right into it here. Fourth of July, I see. I seen that you made the local news. Um, really, it was mm, Brady. That, yeah. That's how you get the. That's how you get the camera right. Brady was like doing some cute Brady thing, and then everyone's like, "Oh, we should pan on this quintessential New England family." And then all of a sudden, you're like, "Yeah, uh, you know, it's just nice to see everyone out <laughs> and have some." And you said normalcy. You said the <laughs> word, Tim. Um, I did. I did. It, it yeah, be a pretty good time. Yeah, so you know we live in a pretty, uh, pretty small little New England town, and actually where they have that parade, it's in uh, Riverton, uh, Connecticut, which is—I don't even know if you would call it like a, a suburb of another smaller town that's next to us, but it's like one street, and that's it. But uh, literally, like it sounds, it's all right along the river, and every year they do their Fourth of July parade there, and it is like the quint- quintessential like small town. Like the, uh, like the school marching band sometimes, or sometimes it's like a marching band made up of you know people from the the town who just happen to play instruments. Uh, you know the Shakers, the local little league team. It's it's just a cute little thing that they do. So we go every year, and uh, local news happened to be there, uh, kind of meandering around afterwards. My son was with a couple of his uh friends. My wife's friends, family, some of my family, uh, some of my, my friends and their kids came over and started talking to him, ended up interviewing my wife, asked a couple questions. He was like, hey, uh, we haven't any males yet. You want to step in here? I was like, uh, I was like, no, but everyone around is like, you got to do it. You got to go, go. You got to do it. So my wife, you know, my wife gets starstruck easily the side of television I mean, camera. I mean, obviously so, you made you made the broadcast. So she must have been just drawn yeah. to your animal nature by getting on television. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, anyway, I did it. And to, to, you know, cap it all off, uh, they used her name as, uh, my title. So it says Kyle Cronin. That's beautiful. Which, uh, and it's, it's true though, right? It's, <laughs> like you don't it, have a it name. It's funny because yeah, like they had, it, it was literally one job. You had to record your name first before the interview. Um, and I didn't know where to look. So I literally looked dead in the camera. And then when I watched later, everybody else they were interviewing was kind of like looking off to the mm-hmm. side. The difference was my guy literally had his eye in the camera the whole time. So it wasn't like he was holding it and interviewing me. He was literally looking through the camera and holding a microphone up. But yeah, it was a cool little thing. Um, you know, Kyle Cronin coming at you hot. 
The second time I've been on a uh, television. Oh my god! Uh, I, I can't. I can't today. I'm famous now. I, uh, you guys, you know. Uh, shout out to the day ones who were here before. <laughs> you know, I got my major break. So. <laughs> okay. Okay. Anyways, it sounds like you had a very good Fourth of yeah, July. Yeah. I had a good Fourth of July too. Went up okay, to Philly, city of brotherly love. Uh, just needed to just take a weekend. So, wife, dog, and I yeah. hopped on up there. Stayed in Rittenhouse Square. Absolutely fantastic. Fantastic food. We saw the fireworks in front of the Philly Museum of Art. Beautiful, beautiful layout. But I stopped by a little package store. Packadeli is what it's called. That's how I know. Mm, that, that, I like pe- that yeah, name. people know exactly what's up. Because it's a packy and it's a deli. Packadeli. That's amazing. Yeah, it was, it was yeah. pretty good. I don't think I'm saying it right that everyone else in the street would have said it. But anyways, I go in there looking for some wine to enjoy. Uh, on the, uh, the the promenade there, and some hoppy beverages. And lo and behold, OJ, Lone Pine, staring back at me from the cooler door. What the fuck is this? Is this an angel sent from heaven? What the hell is Lone Pine <laughs> doing in the middle of Philadelphia? And I'm looking, and there is no other like super good quality beer that happens to be sharing the same shelf. So I'm immediately thinking, shout out to Vacation Land. I'm like, this has to be some wizardry. How did this get down here? But then I, th- I said to myself, check the date, check the date. The date was good, and I said, how many of these four packs can I put in this cooler and responsibly enjoy on the promenade? <laughs> Spoiler, just one. But I, I was very excited to find this. Now, OJ, Lone Pine, one mm-hmm. of their, I, yeah. I would say, flagships. And, you know, double IPAs, they're not usually flagships, right? You get, like, an IPA, a brown ale, maybe a lager. That's that's the flagship. But this beer, man, it is something else, and I, I really enjoyed seeing the fireworks. They live streamed a Flow Rider concert that was happening across town, like on the promenade. It's pretty crazy. There's a lot of people there. Interesting. It was pretty good. As you can see, or not see, nice and turbid, okay? SRM of like mm-hmm. 28th or some shit like that, right? Off the, off the nose, just yeah. super dank notes. Super dank notes. And we're going we're gonna to dive right into this because I know we're just going to just get to the fluff so we can get to the whale the, the Moby Dick that you will, <laughs> that you found. There are there are very few beers that are automatopoeic. Automatopoeic. Yeah, that's what I meant. Automatopoeia is a word that sounds exactly like what it is. So bubbling brook, for example, is an automatopoeia. OJ tastes like OJ. I mean, if you are one of those fans of like the carton, uh, Orange juice containers. When you crack this beer, it's going to taste just like that. It's fantastic. It doesn't ever taste different. I've had it many times. It was great celebrating freedom the other night, but I guess it's it's a good consolation prize to be the not so great beer on this podcast for this one. So shout out to Lone Pine. <laughs> this is getting a four four for me off the top. Yeah, I, Lone Pine's. Uh, they're one of those. I, I don't want to say they're hit or miss. Um, they got a couple. What is the one? That, what's the other one they have? T-shirt cannon. T-shirt cannon. Something yep. like that. that Their uh, sparkler series of uh, fruits hours is pretty good. Yeah, but uh, OJ is one of those that I'll snag and, and pick up, you know, most anytime I see it. If, uh, you know, depending on what the options are there. Um, I, I I think I mentioned it once before on this podcast, but um, Man Mosa's where you mix actual orange juice with oj uh it's a good excuse to have a beer mm-hmm. first thing in the yep. morning so 
pro tip. But <clears throat> anyway, anyway, let's get on to the let's get past the nonsense and let's get on to the real meat and potatoes. Here. Drum roll. So, um, Ride of the Valkyries. Yeah. Music. So I, I, yeah. So I, I mean, I said last week I was I was probably going to do a little bit more whiskeys than I was going to do beers just because I haven't had beers. in the house regularly. Truth don't matter. Uh, and. <laughs> Yeah, and then you know I got that little itch for for a moment when I saw uh, you know a big release that just came out and decided uh, to make a play for it. And the beer store brought me uh, this. What you guys can't see, I just got to hold it up to see the salt on on Sam's face once again. Uh, but uh, your boys from Boston, and one of my favorite breweries is Trillium. And one of my other favorites, you know, anybody who likes New England IPAs obviously knows who Bissell Brother is. So those two decided to get together and spit out what I'm only going to assume is this beautiful little can of magic lovemaking, which is uh, Swishium, which Swish is one of the staples, one of the more sought after beers from Bissell Brothers. It's an annual release that they do. Um, and this is their uh, their rendition of it alongside uh trillium so these actually came today they've been in the fridge i have not even uh sniffed one of these beers yet so uh decided uh do a little whale hunting scored big uh got the white whale because it is a a nice white label uh and we're just gonna uh we're gonna experience this together well Sam's not going to experience. I'm going to experience it, and I'm going to tell you guys about it. Take a mental health day after (laughs) after we finish recording this. This Even sounds good when you crack the can. So this is something for Mm. the listeners. This is something that Bissell and Trillium have done a couple times, right? So they've they've allowed each other to brew a version of like one of their flagship beers. Swish by Bissell Brothers is fantastic. It's an absolutely amazing, amazing double IPA. Just sort of like a lot of the IPAs that Trillium produces. They're very, very good. So to see someone do their take on another uh, brewery's beer is an ultimate like vote of confidence. You're, you're kind of saying like, sure, you here's the recipe. Go make it yourself. But you're also kind of in the back of your head being yeah. like, fuck around and find out. See if you can make it better than us because I doubt that you can. And if you do, then we're, then we're going to step up our game. So it's like it's kind of like a collaboration beer. It's a win-win if you do it correctly. And this is the one yeah. beer you decide to check in on on tap. This is unbelievable. I'm not even checking in. I'm taking the pictures to send to you just to make sure that this one gets posted, you know, <laughs> for posterity. Because um, well, if you don't I post the picture, the, it didn't happen, right? Look at that. I even brought out the uh, uh, proper glassware for it, that, too. That um, is insane. I mean, I said my beer was turbid, but that, that looks like. All right. So there is some concern right out the gate. I noticed there's not a lot of carbonation. There's not a lot of carbonation, but that I took a very easy pour because I was trying not to disrupt the audio uh, while you were talking. So that may have been my pour. But if you look, it literally looks like juice. There's literally no carb. There's no head retention. There's literally nothing on this. Man, so, how the tables have turned. Uh, I hope it's a terrible sip. I'm going to... I'm going to say it's probably my pour because I literally took it nice and easy. But there's definitely, I, I see the carbonation. I see the bubbles and I see it, you know, there's a very clean glass. So, I, you know, there's nothing sticking. This but, guy want to give me shit anyway. about, about SRM, but he's talking about clean beer glasses. What the fuck is that? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. 
Well, <laughs> it was worth yeah, it for me to is, sort yeah. of go down, you know, the Dreamville and think that maybe it wouldn't be that good, but apparently it is. It uh, and this is surprising because I just had one of this style in which it was very grapefruit forward, and uh, I wasn't a huge fan of it. And I remember you were shocked at the rating I gave it. This has that sort of grapefruit sort of undertone to it, but it has this sort of candy citrus flavor over the top that Trillium, in my opinion, has become sort of known for. So it actually balances out pretty well because it's not too sweet. Right as you get that little, uh, what kind of candy, what kind of orange candy would I call that? It's almost like, like a, like a orange starburst flavor that gets brought way down by sort of the bitter undertones of the beer. So if I drank an entire beer that tastes like a, starburst then that's a little too sweet for me this is this is a decent little balance uh i will say i think it needs to chill out in the can a little bit more Uh, if i'm being honest because it is it is it is very bitter uh when it when it does come through so obviously it's not spoiler it's not gonna be a five but uh overall Solid beer. It's kind of up there in what I expect out of Trillium. Uh, I have really high expectations just because that was my daily drinker for years because it used to distribute locally um, when they were in bottles. And then when they stopped distributing and went to cans, it was easy to come by. Someone would leave on their lunch break. It would show up with like a couple cases and you would just grab a few of them. So for me, that was an everyday thing. I had Trillium coming out my eyeballs. So I've, I've, you know, learned a bit about the, the profiles. They are one of those that does get sort of stuck a little bit in a lot of their beers having similar flavor profiles, which, you know, if you're not, it, after you've had 500 New England IPAs, you can kind of step away from a brewery knowing that all of their beers are going to be roughly the same. But if you've never had any of their stouts, uh, my, my actually, my favorite from them is their four point pale ale. Uh, they kind of pretty good. Mix up the hops periodically, but like the straight up OG four point was was one of my favorites. Uh, this one I'm gonna give a um, I'm gonna give this one a four two. I think it has the ability to be a better beer if I let it chill out. But you'll notice, like I've taken a couple sips out yeah. of it, and there's still it looks like, like hop milk. Really, it's almost. I don't want to say flat. Like, I wish I had another can. You have a I mean, straw? A cup just use a straw and aerate it. Well, I'm just going to do this. I'm going to take a water glass and just... Yeah. I mean, there's a little bit more. 33 steps. Right. Everyone knows the rules. All right. So I just... For those who can't see it, I aggressively poured this shit, and it, it is... It, it does have some... The minor, but look at that! Look how yeah, it disappeared pretty quickly. Maybe maybe it's just you know. And look, and look, there's literally like zero retention on there. So for those who don't know why the bubbles and carbonation head is important, it, it releases the aroma as you're drinking the beer, and a lot of the flavor you get out of beer is actually tied to some of the smell that you get out of beer. We we talked about this before. That's why when you drink whiskeys, for example. Uh, you're supposed to 
uh, breathe and through your nose you. in the sniffer. Yeah, <laughs> you're supposed to breathe through the the nose as you're drinking to get it all. Uh, and this literally, like, look, I, I mean, Sam can attest to this. I poured it in another glass, and it literally just looks like, like juice. it looks like almost like banana milk. I, I mean, I hate to say it, but it it just it definitely looks a little. It's hazy as hell, that's for sure. But you know, all things considered, I mean, it improves the flavor. It it, it improves the flavor a little bit. Um, like the getting oxygen in it, but yeah, I'll, I'll stick with the four two. I'll I'll revisit it. Uh, I'm gonna keep one of those cans in there for like two or three weeks, and we'll revisit it just to shake see. it up too. I won't. I won't yeah, <laughs> uh, just to see if uh, if it changes. But like that, that's a concern. Like. It, a beer should not have zero bubbles to it. Good news, Swish Especially fans. Like this. You, you can come for the crown, <laughs> well, but you best not miss. Yeah, 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 yeah. All right, four two. Good yeah. stuff. I was expecting uh, close to a five. I was expecting it too. But hey, sometimes you know yeah. you think you see a a great big killer whale, and it's just a porpoise. Hashtag whale yeah. jokes. I got to keep it honest here. All right, I, I love both of those breweries. I got to keep it keep, honest. Keep it real. Let's quickly move on here. Let's talk some real sports. Going to recap Formula 1. Tim, I'm not sure if you've been watching any of the races. I've been watching a ton of races. I might have been a little slightly hungover in Philadelphia on the 4th of July, but I watched the Styrian Grand Prix round two, part deux, if you will. The only thing that I think I could say about where we are at this point in the season, coming up on just, uh, you know, the next sector towards halfway. 23 races. You've gone nine yep. races thus far. Have you ever seen that gif of, um, I think it's Foghorn Leghorn taking. Oh, hold on, hold on, uh, hold on. GIF, Stop GIF, whatever it is. Choosy moms choose gif. You're one of those? Uh, it doesn't matter. The gif, the gif. The gif to gab. Uh, you have. Anyways, yeah, have you seen that gif go. of Foghorn Leghorn really? taking uh, <laughs> Tom? And like just spanking them, right? Have you ever seen that gif? You, you can you can look it up on your phone. That's pretty much what happened in these back to back races. Now it's Red Bull's home track. I think we all expected that to happen. Max Verstappen had a ton of power in the car. One last race handily. Pole position, won the race, led the entire way, and fastest lap. As Christian Horner, team principal, said, absolutely clinical, Max. Way to go. Insane. You expect Red Bull to win on certain courses just based on, on how their car is, but this was a spanking. This is really bad. Um, McLaren, hashtag team fuck around and find out, is really, really taking it up a notch this year. And I love it. Lando Norris has scored points in every single race. He started P2. He actually had a little bit of car trouble. He got a five-second penalty, and everyone in this race got a five-second penalty, it seemed like. Lando got a five-second penalty, survived, ended up the race P3. Valtteri Bottas from Mercedes, a guy that's always playing second fiddle to, to Lewis Hamilton. Hamilton got some damage, was not able to hold off most of the field. Valtteri got to race for P2. No racer was going to catch Max Verstappen on this track, but everyone got a five-second penalty. I mean, there were, excuse me, a few cars that crashed. Sergio Perez from Hamilton, uh, not Hamilton, from Red Bull, he got two five-second penalties for trying to push people off the track. Uh, there doesn't seem to be a lot of consistency in the way the FIA is putting the rules out this year, but everyone got five-second penalties, and it definitely had an effect. Now, 
if you're Mercedes, it's not time to completely give up the ship. But we're getting to halfway through the season, and they're they're 40 points behind right now. They're not used to being in this position. And the way they're talking about no upgrades coming for the car makes you think that they're really just trying to batten down the hatches for the few races that they can win. And maybe they think, strategy-wise, that they're going to be able to eke out the points by the end of the year. I don't know that that's a possibility. Seeing how obnoxiously quick this Red Bull car is, I mean, every time they're qualifying, they're like two to three tenths quicker than the rest of the field. That just adds up. If you're not going to put any pressure on that driver, you're just going to allow them to run away with the field. It's it's sort of like what Mercedes used to be doing to the field. And now that Red Bull has finally fixed their engine issues, which have long beguiled them, we're seeing great races. Although, I care more about the guys who came in P2, P3, and P4 because when you get the pole, you start in the front, you never challenge, and you win the race by like 30 mm-hmm. seconds. No one even cares. <laughs> Like it's bad to say at this point in the season, nine races in, ten races in, whatever it is, that we're just like, oh great, yeah, Max has won four in a row, yeah, it's awesome, Good way to go, Red Bull. Like, it, whereas if the roles were reversed and it was seven-time world champion Lewis Hamilton, we'd be like, oh my god, look what he's doing. So like, Max isn't getting the respect there, and they're definitely attempting to earn it. I I feel for the team, but McLaren is coming out of nowhere, and if Mercedes does not get right, they're going to get past for second in the Constructors' Championship, and I don't think anybody wants that because that would just really be a, a huge fall from grace. There's all these rules changing next year with like what you can do to the car, how much you can spend and not spend, and that's Mercedes right now. They're poo-pooing. They're saying, oh, Red Bull's bringing in all these upgrades. Shit, you can too, can't you? I mean, how many Mercedes SL500s are out on the road today? Quite a bit. You could spend some money and you compete this year if you want to. But they seem to be focused in their in their statements. They seem to be focused on development for the car for next year. I get it. You won seven championships. You don't get there by being timid. You get there by being aggressive. You get there by being methodical. And right now, they just they to me, they're like it's a senior slump. They already know they got the degree, and they're just saying, you know what? I know the paper says it has to be 15 pages. I'm, uh, I'm going to go ahead and give them 12. I'm going to double space it. I'm going to go uh, 12 and a half point font, and I'm going to see if the, if the professor notices. That's where I feel like we're at right now for Mercedes. But there is so much good racing in the middle of the field going on right now. We got a two-week break before we go into Silverstone and Great Britain. That's Mercedes track where they usually do a lot of moves, and they, they can actually win that track. I want to see what happens. I don't think we're going to throw the towel in yet for Mercedes, but man, they got they got the ass whooped. Like not two weeks in a row, like four out of the last five weeks in a row. Mm. And it, that is just not something we're used to seeing. There's usually a couple slip ups, a couple tracks, you know, two tree tracks where Mercedes doesn't do hot. They're getting spanked out there, like bad. And I'm just going to reiterate several times that uh, how impressed I am that it's. Red Bull, like we keep saying the name Red Bull, an energy drink company over and over. Uh, but no, good for yeah. them. Very good. All right. Let's talk a quick sec about the ganja, the Mary Jane, the mm-hmm. Mari, the marijuana, the reefer madness, the devil's lettuce, whatever you want to call it. It's not a performance enhancing drug. It's just not. Shakira Richardson, yeah. uh, an Olympic sprinter from the United States, who was going to go to the Olympics. She won the Olympic trials in the 100. She took herself out of the 200. She could have won that probably, or at least qualified for the Olympic team. 
and the 4x100-meter relay has received a 30-day ban for using substance of abuse, marijuana. Mm -hmm. If there's anything that I think about how archaic USA Track and Field, World Anti-Doping Agency, United States Anti-Doping Agency, International Association Athletics, Federics, uh, Federation, whatever you want to call it, go get the people that are using the steroids that Balco was creating. Do not go after someone yep. who decided in Oregon before that they were going to race or when they were going to race that they want to smoke a little reefer yep. or eat a gummy. Now, this is compounded by a lot of things. Shakari Richardson's biological mother, whom she is not close to, passed. Who do you think told her about that? Was it her coach or agent? No. Was it her family members? No. It was a reporter. A reporter at the Olympic trials. That's mm-hmm. that's terrible. There's no other way to say it. Um, people are human. People are young. There are things that used to be illegal back in the day that are not illegal now. Marijuana is right. one of those things. And in Oregon, it was definitely legal. Yes, you're going to have the other side of the argument saying, well, hey, you know, she's competing. She knows the rules. I get it. I do. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I don't agree with it. If it was cocaine, so. if it was barbiturates, if it was Tordal, if it was HGH, if it was EPO, ban, 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 yep. ban, ban. But weed? Yep. Weed is not a performance-enhancing drug. Agreed. Um, but I, I, so I'm in a weird spot on this one because while I find it uh, crazy that she's not competing, at the same time, like I understand it only from the rules perspective, right? And I'm one of those, and we're going to talk about uh, Greg Cody here in a second, but I share a lot of, in my opinion, similarities with how he functions. I am one of those that, um, while I don't follow every rule, I am one of those that makes myself aware of what the rules are depending on the situation. And that is a situation where like everybody knows what those rules are. And she, you know, I, it's very tragic. I feel for her. I, I really, I do. And I don't want to discount the impact that that sort of situation has on a person losing their mother and whatnot. That being said, like you, like you are in a position or in a career, mind you, that has those rules in place, whether or not they should be rules is a separate conversation. Do I think it should be a performance enhancing drug? Obviously, no. And I think anybody who's ever been to college or has ever, you know, experimented at some point understands that, you know, for the vast majority, there is zero enhancement that is going on that would improve zero. your ability to perform zero. some sort of sport. Right. So what we're looking at is 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 two separate conversations that are unfortunately clashing in a very very public venue, a public setting and just a public forum where i think this helps change and drive the conversation as to whether or not it needs to be something that's checked for whether it's not because again it's legal in that state however everybody you know i i 
to, to be clear, I, you know, I don't generally partake myself, but I know that there are differences between state and federal laws mm-hmm. and why federally it may not be or international. It's, it's the same or internationally. So like it's, it's, it's tough, right? Because sure at the place in which she consumed it, it is legal, but federally it's, it's not. And you can look at dispensaries who live in that state and are subject to some of those same stiff penalties. And it's, it's a whole weird space in which a state says, yeah, this is fine. But at any given moment, a federal agency can come in and shut you down. And, you know, it's, it's, it's crazy, but moving away from, from that part of things, because I think we can all agree that one, it should be legal to, uh, the, the regulation process of it is a disaster right now. If we look at nothing more than, you know, a professional athlete who knows and understands everything that's going on, like he, it's, it's a situation where like, okay, let's say weed should be legalized, even though it's in the rule. Where do we stop? and draw the line as to like what rules are steadfast rules, which ones are gray area rules, which ones are rules that shouldn't be enforced. And where are the rules that have to be there all the time? Right? Like we we talked about baseball last week and the, the sticky balls, right? Some people think those should be fine. They're, you know, they doctor the balls as they are now. Like there are clearly scenarios where not everyone sees eye to eye, but, you know, the sport is determining its own rules. And this is the Olympics, right? So the Olympics is a governing body that looks at everybody from all walks of life, from every part of the world. In my opinion, and again, I've never been in a situation where I have, you know, suffered a loss like that. So to say... I understand. Obviously, not even close. I don't, I, I couldn't even imagine being in that situation. However, if I was an athlete and I knew there were rules in place, I, I would do my best to try and follow those. And I would understand if I violated those. Cause let's, let's be clear. When it was happening, you probably understood the risk that was being involved. Of course. And there was probably like a level of anxiety that was mm-hmm. there. So it wasn't like a surprise to her, I think, when when she found out. Uh, and again, just to clarify, we need to remove and separate the conversation between is it legal, should it be legal, all that. We're just talking about the, the instance in which she chose to use it. Uh, she tested positive for it. And it's a banned substance, performance enhancing or not. It's just, it's, it's on the banned substance list. So well, I feel for, her. uh, I think, you know, she's obviously someone who belongs in the space and is a leader in the space, but I don't know like where the slope starts and ends in that situation, right? Like, okay, she was grieving. Yep. That's, that's, you know, Some could say that's a valid argument for why you would decide to smoke weed and, you know, whatever the scenario was. Um, But, like, 
where is where does the gray area in terms of rules end? Like, do we then talk about equipment and shoes? Like, is oh, there some fantastic some gray area? Great segue. Like, absolutely yeah, great yeah, segue. Yeah, yeah, yeah. First off, yeah. the World Anti-Doping Agency, according to the article, great opinion article in the right. Miami Herald that Greg Cody wrote. You should go find it. Right. Um, says that WADA relies on a 2011 study that suggests marijuana presents a health risk. But that's become obviously antiquated in the in the past decade. Okay, you ask about rule changes, shoes. This is a this is a huge thing. Oh my God, shoes! If you've seen the if you've seen the YouTube video, you got the joke there. But if not, I just explained it. Anyways, there are Nike shoes that are not allowed to be used in competition because they give mm-hmm. runners who use them an advantage, a noticeable statistical right. advantage in returning energy to the runner. They're banned from competition. If you decide to use a shoe that has not been out for a year, not been thoroughly tested, you can't compete in it. You'll get sanctioned. So if they can go year to year on a rule, why are we going off an outdated 2011 study? Tim, that's a decade ago now. Uh, Like we we found all kinds of other things. Like there needs to be mm -hmm. there there needs to be trusting science, and there also needs to be a hey, maybe we should take a look at this because not just. United States, but most of the world. Like, th- think about it. Weed is not just Agreed. a chic Agreed. thing in the United yeah. States of America. It's thoroughly enjoyed all the way around the world in a lot of European countries. And let's yeah. let's be real. I'm sure there's plenty of Olympic athletes who have probably tested positive for it, whose careers have been prematurely ended. That's the thing I'm getting at here. Shikari should have another shot. She's young. She's a very talented sprinter. She should have another shot at Olympics in another three, four years. But nothing's guaranteed in this life. So, like. Right. You're, you're gonna you're gonna come up with new shoe rules on a yearly basis. Composite materials, how tracks should be constructed, how timing should be done, yep. the amount of wind that can be acceptable or not in a sprinting event. But you won't relook at a law based on a ten year old study. That just doesn't make any sense to me, Tim. And, and again, I, I agree with you. That's why I'm saying that the two concepts at the moment need to be. They they have to be separated. Unfortunately, we have to have a conversation about whether or not it should be legalized, whether or not it should be something that's tested for. Which, and also, just to be clear, it let's not pretend that it's like a miracle drug that has no har- like harmful side effects. There are some, oh, of course, yeah. Do they do the benefits? Out- Human I growth mean, hormone. You are inhaling though, smoke, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. I, and again, I'm I'm not saying I, like I'm all for it. Like legalize it. I mean, when they legalize it in Connecticut, you know, maybe we swap some of those. Maybe we swap some of these beers for some what's of those. We'll start reviewing those. But, what's in my bowl? Yeah. Uh, so I, to be clear, be partaking, like they need to be saying. handled. Yeah, they need to be. Uh, they need to be handled separately. Like, should it be reevaluated? A hundred percent. Is it something, uh, obviously, that's not a performance enhancer? Yes, but don't forget, the Olympics are in a four-year cycle. Mm-hmm. So in the last, think of all the progress that's been made just in the United States in the last four years in terms of legality, right? It seems to us like it's been quite a bit. However, four years in terms of the Olympics is a drop in the bucket. So while I think... Ultimately, or eventually, there will be some form of change. There will be, um, you know, a reevaluation of it. I don't know if it's necessarily something that's. If if I'm 
overseeing a group of athletes smoking of anything is not something that's necessarily on the forefront of my mind of being like, hey, let's reevaluate this because majority of our athletes probably don't smoke, especially if you're a sprinter. Yeah, it's a, it's right? a detriment to your performance. Like you're, you're relying yeah. on your, your, your lungs and everything like that. So it's to be fair, it's probably not even something that is necessarily in like the forefront of their mind, for better or worse, for better or worse. But to get back to you know her situation, I feel like it is very unfortunate I think it is a tough, tough situation to digest. It's become a thing of like race versus like a lot of things. And I think it's taking on a little bit more life, unfortunately, than I think what it needs to be. I think this is a situation where she knowingly made a decision. I'm, I would bet my life's salary that in that moment, as she was doing it, there was probably some anxiety that was there, but I would also be willing to bet that that's not like, clearly that's not the first time or the only time she's done it. It just happens to be the first time she had tested positive. And the only reason tested I say positive that after the is, race though, like, you know what I mean? Like, like they, they take samples before they can do samples at any time they want to. And they can take samples after if you refuse to give a sample, it's like, it's like a positive and like you get in trouble. So like, she yeah, willingly gets the like refusing a DUI. Yeah, yeah. Like, yeah, you like you, 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 you know, and you understand what you're doing. And for somebody to go towards that as uh, their medicine, if you will, when they're feeling down, it leads me to believe that that's not your like. She's not. That's not a first time thing for her maybe, it's maybe something not. she uses regularly which is yeah. fine and i'm not gonna I, mean, I i won't really assume and i won't judge i'm just saying i'm sure she knew good and well like everybody else on the planet who smokes weed and applies for a job who has that momentary like oh shit am i gonna get this am i not as they pound water they do all of those yeah things diuretics that all that stuff right to to trick the test and i'm and i'm guessing i'm guessing there was some sort of thought that like okay my metabolism works at a higher rate if i just drink more water i'll probably be fine but if if i'm talking about just this event not the global spectrum of the legality of weed i unfortunately can't help but say it sucks it's awful but you knowingly went in and, and, and did something and put yourself in a situation to run that risk. And this is the, the payoff that happened. Like you've, you've, that risk Agreed. failed, unfortunately. Yep. Risk and reward. It is. Like, Definitely more risk than reward. And, yeah. Now, does this need to be something that's going to be evaluated? And I have a feeling that this will help drive the conversation because she is, you know, one of the more prominent athletes in women's sports in general, if not, I mean, including racing and Olympics and all that sort of stuff. So this will help move the conversation forward. However, she's, she's not dumb. She, she knew the risk she was taking. Um, Agreed. I would be willing, I would be willing to bet that the, I mean, it's, it's, it's probably something a lot of athletes use on a regular basis. It's probably not, I'm glad you said it. that because you yeah. talk about how the internet was, you know, making whether it's race yeah. or all this other stuff. Look, the internet cuts both ways, right? So in the same mm -hmm. way that people were saying, yes, go Shikari, hashtag let her run, her tweet from a couple months ago in which she 
was not pro um, Little Nas X <laughs> came up. So yeah. the internet giveth and the internet taketh away. Um, yeah. Counterpoint to what you said, though, and this is my last thought on this. I, I, again, I understand the legality of it. She knew there were risk when she did it. She actually, you know, went on Good Morning America with Savannah Guthrie, apologized for it, has apologized on Twitter, done way more than I think any 21-year-old would would possibly do in this scenario. And she and she, and she doesn't need to apologize. Correct. She should Absolutely apologize to nobody. Not fucking need just to apologize. You, and she's just, just know you took a risk. Yeah. That's all. Yeah. But Chris Long, retired NFL player, Greenlight Podcast, talks openly, advocates openly for cannabis, says every yeah. after every game he smoked weed to deal with pain management rather than, than, than use opiates. And we know what opiates do, right? So like if a guy like that can say, Hey, I know that multiple players did it because I did it, and this, and I'm not going to say how I beat the test, but I found a way to beat it. I mean, the the NFL is no longer testing like outright to suspend. If they test and and you're positive, they're going to find you. NBA no longer test for it. MLB doing the same thing, and yet here we have the U.S. Olympic Committee, and they're just sort of like, we got to set a precedent here. You you got to be made an example of, like you know, I guess good luck come back in four years. Like it just. It seems to me like, like Greg Cody says, like it's an archaic interpretation of the rules. There should be an update to it. And we also, we have to think too. Let's just, let's just look at the last like two years, right? Really 18 mm-hmm. months. Dog, when I found out the Olympics were canceled, I was fucking mad because yeah. I'm not your flag waving down the street. Oh my God, proud to be an American. I, I'm, I'm more the silent type. Love being American. Absolutely love it. Every four years, I turn into a fucking rabid animal. Yo, step on that track. U.S. going to beat that ass. Yo, go ahead. You think you're better than yeah. us at archery? Nah, facts, bro. You ain't. We're going to kill you. We're, we're, we're that good. Beach volleyball? Psych. See you next year. Like, the Olympics is a time where yeah. everyone in America can say, fuck every other country in the world. And it's not racist. Yep. It's not anything. It's just, it's pride. It's nationalism. And it doesn't have to be tied to anything but race. We love everyone equally who, who makes it to the Olympic squad. We say, you guys are amazing. You're the best of us. Go kill it. We love it. And this just seems like after everything we went through with the pandemic, yeah, like this just seems like we're trying to go back to status quo instead of we should be appreciating the things that we've done like delaying the Olympics for 12 months. And we should just, we mm-hmm. should just be happy about that. The successes that we're trying to have. And it, it's just, it's I, in the pain. I, I, I agree. I agree. And it's, this has been my last thought on it too, is that I think what's happening. And I, and I mean, no disrespect out of this, but you're falling quickly into the mindset that like America makes the rules for everything. And the Olympics is a international competition, governing an international yeah. governing body. So, like, sure, are we pissed that like our best runner is no longer part of the conversation? Of of course we are. Um, but like a lot of those sports you just mentioned, who are no longer testing, recently, like within the last season or two, just stopped testing. Yeah, and there are uh, I, I there was. Like there was a, well, someone recently, like one of the leagues, just recently, like in the last few weeks, decided to stop testing. So it's very easy to say, like, "Hey, our national sports aren't testing. This is ridiculous. Why is the national? I mean, the international governing body over sports across the globe? Because mind you, it's not just the U.S. They have to like cater to. It's like other countries whose 
values and beliefs are what some people could say decades behind like modern times, right? Like there's, you got oppression, you've got, uh, you know, female representation. You have a lot bigger problems out in the world in a lot of places that weed is like not even part of it. Yeah. So like the, the saying, it's like a, an, an, an archaic, representation of an old rule like no it's the, it's it's a rule hey this is a illegal substance this is something that you know you cannot consume and test positive for and this is the ramification the ramifications for it like i don't think they looked at her and said oh well here you are you're in trouble now sorry get out of you know i think it was like you got caught the, this is this is what happens for it there's a ban for yeah. it whether uh, we could argue all day long about, I mean, we wouldn't argue, we would agree all day long on, <laughs> you know, the, the health benefits uh, that some people find in weed, whether or not it's performance. And there's a million benefits we could find to it. But the point is, it's a international governing body that takes all laws into account. It takes, it's looking out for its athletes, the athletes' health, the performance of the athletes. The, and... Some of it, I'm sure, is the sanctity and of the sanctity event, of the sport. You know, yeah. That's when Cody alludes to it. That's so, ultimately what the decision was. Like yeah, the, the purity of the sport. I'm like, okay, all right. Yeah, and and it's it's fine. Yeah. But let let's not forget that most leagues, up until this year, in the U.S., would penalize you for it. Like, we had guys who literally opted out of playing football because they couldn't stop smoking weed. So, like, before we go calling out the Olympics, let's, like, take a second look in the mirror and, like, you know, maybe paint our kettle a different color before we start pointing fingers because we are in the same boat. We are in situations where we haven't been that much better. We've made a lot of progress. But what we're doing is we're looking at our current point of progress and pretending that everyone in the world needs to be at that same standard. And they're getting there. Amsterdam used to be a place where you could go and smoke weed all you wanted. Leave any one of their borders, and it was a drastically different scenario. So all I'm saying, and this is where I'll end it, is it sucks. It sucks for us as uh, representatives and and fans of U.S. sports and putting the best out there. Um, She... Knew the risks. Everybody knows the risks. It it happens. There's a lot of comparisons to Ryan Lochte, but there's there are lots of differences in that Phelps. scenario. Uh, Ryan Lochte, nah, who went on his little like he got in trouble afterwards, and everyone's saying, well, like why wasn't he banned and suspended? Remember, he went on and he ended up like kicking a door, and he went on like all that. I know Michael Phelps smoked weed. Right. Yeah, is a big advocate oh, you, for oh, weed. Oh yeah, you talking about, talking like, about what um what he what he did in Brazil in the Olympics when he was like hammered, like drunk, and he was like kicking yeah. the door at like the gas station bathroom. Yeah. yeah, and like a lot of people are trying to draw comparisons and they're trying to pull in race and things like that. There, unfortunately, there's a difference between being a a, a, a shitty person at any given moment in violating like a clear cut rule. Like, is there a rule that says, Hey, you can't get drunk. Is there a rule that says, Hey, if you get drunk, you can't be an asshole. Is there a rule that says, Hey, if you get drunk, you can't kick in a bathroom. 
stall well, or bathroom. There's a lot door. of unwritten rules, like, that's for sure. Like if you're in a host yeah, country like, and like, you're, you're participating in the Olympics yeah. and you're allowed to get drunk, you probably shouldn't go kick down a door. Oh, Ryan yeah. Lochte smash. Like that's the part of the Olympics uh, I don't really like. But, uh, you know, I I agree. All, all I'm saying is like it's 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 really tough because you if you dodge this one and you let her compete, you have now opened the door to gray areas for the rule book, not weed. The rule the book rule that has book. not been enforced when there have been athletes that have blood doped and were allowed to compete in the Olympics, and then after the fact, their records were strict from the rec, you know, f- from the note. Like that, that just yeah. yeah. All right, we're we're gonna go back and forth about this so, all night. So, some of, yeah, yeah. Some of that has to do though with like validation of testing. Some of it has to do with like verification to make sure that it wasn't like a false positive. So there's a little bit. There is more blood doping. Obviously, than like testing positive for smoking weed and coming out and saying, "Yeah, I smoked weed because this is my situation." Yeah, if she came out and said, "No, I didn't smoke it," and like, you know, I who 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 knows? There's a million what ifs and possibilities and all that sort of nonsense. I'm just saying, it's a, it's a shitty situation, but unfortunately, it, it kind of is what I it feel is. You. I feel like I feel like you convinced me, Your Honor. I rest my case. All right, let's <laughs> talk about. We're not going to talk necessarily about the Stanley Cup Finals. We're going to talk about it real quick. But by the time this gets you know posted, there will be a, a Stanley Cup champion. Um, it's it's been a wild ride in the series thus far. Let's talk about yeah. the NBA finale, the season finale. Started tonight yep. as we're recording this right now, just coming out of halftime. Phoenix Suns, Milwaukee Bucks. Yep. Phoenix is up by like seven or eight points. Giannis was questionable after his knee injury, which he suffered in the last round, but he's been. Doing the Russell Wilson thing where he's training on his knee all throughout the night to stop it from like seizing up and getting super tight. And he's playing. But the Suns are a very, very deep, deep team. Someone is going to win their first Larry O'Brien trophy ever, Milwaukee or Phoenix. And to be quite honest, I don't care who it is because I love the fact that someone is winning their franchise's first Larry O'Brien trophy. Um, That being said, though. Milwaukee is a team that, outside of Giannis, you don't recognize someone on the team. Maybe Brooks Lopez, maybe Corey Middleton, but like you're not really going three or four or five deep on that bench. The Suns team has a ton of people you can just identify with. And if that's where the easy money is right now, that's where it's going. Chris Paul, been around a couple different teams in the league. When he went to Phoenix, everyone's like, that's not going to happen. Kendrick Perkins, Celtics legend, he said it best. He said, CP3 went down there. Not on a championship roster. He got it out the mud. No playoff experience. Yep. And he was just a guiding force for that team. The fan in me. And carry on. And Don't forget. Carry he, on. He says, carry, carry on. on. And he always, the thing I love about Perk, he always says that shit because people will quote him and then they'll drop to carry on. Like they won't, they won't put that in the quote. And then he'll always retweet it and then go dot, 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 carry on. <laughs> He's like, that's my thing. Don't take that from me. Like quote me in it. Love to see it. That being said, I want the Phoenix Suns to win this. I, I don't care if it's in six. I don't care if it's in five. I think it will go to five or six, to be honest, because the Bucks are just too talented. And for Giannis to take that many games off to rehab and then come back, I do seriously believe that team is deep. I mean, Brooks Lopez, like the other night, was just like ruining people on the court. Like, Brooks Lopez. I just got to say it again. Like, I don't know a lot about basketball, but. That's not one of the names you're used to hearing. You know what I mean? He's not up there with right. the Lillards, with the LeBrons, the, the ADs of the world. So, like, that team is stacked. And, and when they want to go off, they can go off. 
I just think Phoenix yep. has the pedigree. I think they have the depth. And I think this is going to be a great series. And I understand that this is not the series that everyone maybe wanted to see because we had the battle for Los Angeles, which, whew, thank God that ended the way it did because we would have looked like we were eating uh, a lot of crow. Bad. But no Lakers, no Warriors, no Celtics, no 76ers. This is the first non-bubble team where we're going to – I think we're really going to see some great basketball, all things considered, and – I'm here for it. I'm, I'm yep. not going to lie. I'm, I'm, I'm really here for it. Lopez at the moment has uh, the most points. Uh, well, no, sorry. <laughs> at, at this, this point, is, at halftime, this is what I'm saying. A point behind, actually. This is this is the uh, yeah. This, this he, is what uh, I'm saying. He has 11 points. So far. I, I just I love the reincarnation that 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 the uh, that the Bucks have. I love the fact that Giannis absolutely gives that team uh, a spark, and I just. I would love to see Devin Booker and Chris Paul win a championship. I really would. Chris Paul is one of those generational type NBA talents, but does he risk, you know, if he doesn't ever get a championship being like stuck in that Charles Barkley category where he's awesome. He's probably gonna be in the hall of fame, but he's always gonna be looked at differently because yep. he never raised Larry O'Brien. He never cut down the nets and the coach, the team, the energy behind them when they went in the bubble, everyone's like, Oh, this is crazy, but it's a bubble. You didn't have too much competition. You can't do it again next year. And now look where they are. Do I think they're a dynasty? No. Mm-hmm. But I think that like Phoenix is saying, okay, doors open. Yeah. Let's kick it in like Ryan Lochte and so let's see what happens. You know what I mean? Like I, I'm I'm a tied it all together. Yeah. I I I am I'm, <laughs> I'm a I'm a very, very big fan of that. So I think Suns in six. That's that's what I think. Yeah. I um I don't, I don't know what it is. Something about the Suns, Devin Booker, CP3, who hasn't contributed all that much. You don't really need uh, to. At least you don't really time. need to. You just got to yeah. be on the court to be enough of a threat to Actually, get your defense. I stand, I stand that correct. I stand, I stand corrected. I, I was talking about just tonight. I, w- I wasn't talking about uh, overall. Tonight, he's got uh, he's got 13 points so far. But, mm. um, yeah, I mean, I think I'm feeling the Suns as well. Uh, I think the Bucs are one of those where um, – like got Holiday Lopez and Middleton, PJ Tucker, like those guys. They're not guys you hear about a lot in the recaps when you talk about the box. It's always uh, Giannis. So if he's banged up, it's a that's a it's a tough look for for that team. He's still uh, leading the team in points, injuries, and all, which again is another not so great look. Only because you shouldn't have your injured player. Uh, leading, leading in scoring, but um, yeah, I got to go. Suns too. All right, five, six, seven games. Well, um, uh, I think they'll find a way to like drag it out, but I think it'll it'll probably end up uh, six games. Mm. I think mm. like there'll be um, like if CP three has an off night, or you know, Devin Booker has a night where he's not balling out, we, we might we might see a couple games given up, but yeah. Um, also. In other current scoring news, uh, I kind of screwed up. The match was tonight, and I thought it was pay-per-view, yeah. and it is not. No. So I did not realize that until as we were starting uh, this podcast. But You didn't record it either, um, did you? Oh, no, it's recorded. Oh, okay. It's recorded. <laughs> Every golf event's recorded so that I can... Uh, uh, so I can go back and, and, and check it out. But, yeah, um, Bryson and Rogers are up. But supposedly there's been some pretty good trash talk between the two. So 
if you have a recording and you haven't watched it, go check it out. I don't want to spoil it for you. I'll just say that they're they're up with uh, a couple holes uh, left, and uh, one team is is in a position to score, and the other one is not. So it might be a little bit competitive going into the home stretch. Oh, it's so interesting yeah. because it's like Bryson can't compete an actual you know open events, but facing Tom Brady, he's fine. It's amazing. I wonder, does he have a new caddy yet? <laughs> All right, so uh, we gotta we gotta forgive we gotta forgive Sam, who's somewhat new to the golf space. Bryson is still, if not leading the FedEx Cup, is in like the top three FedEx Cup. Yeah. And for those who don't know how that works, when you play in an event, and this is going to this is this will tie directly into uh, his love for uh, his Formula One and and and, and racing. Every event you compete in you earn FedEx Cup points yep. depending on your placement. So a name that's usually in the top 10 or 20 this season is Jordan Spieth, who has won a tournament, but he's also finished like in the top 10, top five in a lot of these events. Golf is the same way. So while Bryson, uh, you know, coughed up uh, and, and literally shit the bed yeah. on the last nine yeah. in his last Open, he has competed enough. He, he may actually still be, uh, he may actually still be leading the FedEx Cup, or if not leading close to it. So we can't. Uh, Stats don't We can't matter. shit on him too much. Uh, that one does because <laughs> that money is a lot. Sure is. So yeah, actually, let's 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 have a quick little look at it before we. Yeah, uh, let's do that. And I just I just cracked into my sidecar as we're getting ready to finish up this episode. Stats matter. Philadelphia Pale Ale by Yards Brewing. I don't, I don't know if you ever heard of this. This is like the flagship of the flagship. It's probably one of the best Philly beers, proper Philly beers that I've had. Uh, it's just citrus pale ale, four and a half percent. I could drink these things all day long. I should have been drinking this during the uh, the fireworks, but shout out to Lone Pine. I had to hold it down. Had to <laughs> then, s- then, you, then you would have had like 10 of those. At least. At works. least. Yeah. Um, yeah. Very good. So, Very good. Uh, just an update. Uh, Bryson, who you just shit on, is fourth in the list and is 212 points behind, which is like 212 points. Finish. I can make that up. 212 points. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, uh, the the 31st place is 1,000 points behind. So okay. Yeah. The margins are small. <laughs> 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 the second, the second place, Harris English is 125 points. I, I think so. Like I, I, margins are small. That's like one top ten, top five finish, and he's back in. Jordan Spieth is fifth on the list. I'm, I'm hopping on the the Bryson heat just because like he he can control golf in a way that I can't. Right, like he he makes his fades and his draws look event. like you know on purpose, and mine just happened because I just don't fuck I'm doing, but. <laughs> Yeah, this is this is why I want to. Uh, this is why I recorded this. I want to go back and watch it and get a feel for who he is as a person because it's just four people and they're mic'd up constantly and everyone's talking shit. I wonder if this is going to be one of those that's going to like further cement some of the the dislike, or if this is going to kind of turn the tide a little bit. So, anyway, we'll see. Moving on. Yeah, my guess is is not so. Let's end this episode of Stats America podcast with an ode to Shohei Otani. Showtime Otani, as he's called. Uh, a guy that, yep. if you're a baseball fan, you listen to this podcast, you're probably screaming, why the fuck aren't they talking about this dude? I'm with you. I've I've seen this guy playing a couple of games. 
watched him absolutely yep. ruin the Red Sox. <laughs> He's like, there are a couple of players in baseball right now that are like are enough to drag the everyday wayward fan in. They are a very short list. I hate to say it. Yep. Bryce Harper. Fernando Tatis Jr. And Shohei Otani. <sighs> Mike Trout. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like guys like that. The thing about Otani that's just absolutely mind blowing to me. He's a pitcher who is a slugger. Because most pitchers, when they get up to bat, they're like, uh, I'll bunt here. Or I'll swing, but I, I know I'm going to get an out here. Like they play the game, but they're in, in between the left and the right earlobes. They're more paying attention to the strategy that they have to get on those pitchers or those hitters later on in the game. Otani is like, yep. no. Not only am I going to throw 100 miles an hour, but if you throw that on me, I'm going to crush it. And I'm going to do exactly what you fear. And I'm going to make you a posterized moment. His social media is on point. He's going to be in the home run derby in like, what, a week? Like, let's go, dude. Like, we have not seen yeah. a, uh, a two-way player like this in a long time. I, I mean, he's a designated hitter. Yep. He's very good. Do I think he's better than Poppy? I mean, time will tell, but like, Poppy wasn't pitching. Right. So like yeah. this this is, this I, is I, think by, I think by def I think by default if he has like a five year stretch of this, then yes, you would have to say he's better than Poppy because Poppy would fill in at like first base when he needed to. Yeah. Pitching in first base. He's got a three point six ERA, which puts him at like the, the, the top of the pack when it comes to actual uh ERAs. Um he's also leading the league right now in home runs. Which is bananas. Like what? What? Like that? That would be like, for example, if you went into like soccer or European football, and you're like, "Yep, okay." The goalie has 53 saves. He also has 18 goals, and you're like, "Uh, "Hold on, what? what? Like, how is that possible? (laughs) He's on the other side of the field. Like, how can someone kick a ball that far? Well, how can Shohei Otani throw that fast and hit that far? Like, how can he do it? But he does." And I, I yeah. stayed up late last night. I watched a little bit of the game, and I was just like, "Oh, this is not good." <laughs> like, like, yeah. you, like when when you see him like take the plate, you like you kind of like cringe a little bit. You're like, "Please, no yeah. posters, no posters." Can you just take the easy walk? Can you just like, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, yeah, like he pop did, sacrifice. He fly, doubled on the do something. Yeah, he doubled. Uh, he doubled on the socks tonight. Ugh. I mean, he did. He did. Uh, he did lose the other day. And for the record, uh, the socks are. Uh, three and one to this point this season versus the Angels. So, well, good if we happen to well, face them in the series, which includes a nine and zero win for the record. Also, it's great that the Red Sox show up when they need to. We need them to continue to do what they're doing right now yeah. because they're doing great right now. But I don't, I don't want them to fall apart by the end of the season. That's just me. But this is about show. Yeah. Shout out to uh, Otani. Yeah. What? And shout out to uh to 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 Nate. Uh, who suggested we talk a little bit more about uh, Fernando Tatis Jr., uh, who is a phenomenal player in his own yes. right. But if anybody who watched his little double jump that just happened, the man is a human uh, highlight reel. Uh, it's phenomenal. I, phenomenal. I just have he to gets say, a lot of, uh, he gets, yeah. Oh, no, you know, continue. Oh, I was going to say, he gets a, uh, he, he gets a lot of, uh, attention for a lot of the highlights that he has, but um, he does lead a lot of statistics that don't necessarily show up on a lot of the the game boards in terms of uh, um, 
games they win in which he's in a he has helped put them in a position to win. Like any, anybody who isn't familiar with it, go check out baseballreference.com. It's baseball-reference.com. Look at the leaderboard. Um, they got a lot of really interesting stats that don't normally make it to your broadcast. Stats that matter. That uh, yeah, uh, that make it clear exactly what his contribution is to that team. Um, he has contributed both scores, hits, and uh, and additional bases in games where they ultimately go on to win. But he also leads in situations where he has provided outs to his team to help them win. So of all the players in the league, uh, they win more based solely off of his production, both on offense and defense than any other player in the league. So that is something that I think is uh, not necessarily talked about enough. Um, You see a lot of what, goes on week to week if you watch, you know, top 10 and, and whatnot because he's just, you know, a, a frequent visitor and there's a reason he's the cover player on the show, which if you don't play it, uh, you should come get the smoke. I'll, uh, oh, I'll, Grant I'll, Street. I'll, I'll, I'll all right, you. all right, let's go. Uh, 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 oh, we, <laughs> we just changed it. We just changed it. Our main listeners, you might appreciate this. Um, just don't go telling anybody too loud because it's it's been years now and I've used this same nickname in – a lot of the games I play, Grand Street was one I created when I lived with a bunch of my buddies uh, and just sort of, I, I named, I made one so that we could all play without having to worry about, you know, who was who. And Grand Street was the street that we lived on and it just stuck for obviously like almost 20 years. Uh, I just updated it to Gritty McDuff, which has been my name across the board. So anybody from Portland, oh, you get the reference. It's been, uh, it's been that way for coming. ever and almost everything. So anyway. Uh, one last thing to touch on before we depart. Uh, the UFC main card for UFC 264 is insane this weekend. Oh, just because you it's, are it's McGregor, a casual fan? Um, McGregor. Oh, no, 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 no. You got uh, Gilbert Burns versus uh, Stephen Thompson. Uh, Greg Hardy is fighting again this weekend. Greg Hardy. Are- what? Yeah, former cowboy. Uh, he's kind of a douche. He's kind of a douche. I'm not. I'm not the biggest fan of his fighting. So he has won no contest. You literally need a guy in the face on the ground, but he's there. Uh, and then you have Sean O'Malley, who is like the colorful leprechaun sure. you see flashing uh, on your screen. Yeah. Who? How do we start? Is fighting we're a dude who looks Joe like Tyler the, Now we're talking the, about. Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Well, I mean, first of all, I don't know why you're shitting on the the Dustin McGregor fight because that is a that's the the wrap up to a trilogy, and they are one and one. That is worth the price of admission alone. But that great. guy Gilbert Burns is amazing. That guy is just earning bonuses everywhere. That guy is out knocking people out. He's so good on the ground. Anytime he's on the ground with somebody, you have anxiety if you're rooting for the other guy because he literally pulls himself out of situations where, okay, they're tied up, they're tied up. He has to, like, throw a hip, and you'll hear the announcers, you know, sort of walk you through it. And then suddenly, boom, the pile rolls over, and he's about to snap a guy's arm off, and he taps. And suddenly it's like, oh, my God, he just won? He is – that dude is worth watching. That fight is going to be a great fight. I don't know as much about 
Stephen Thompson as I should, but Burns might even on his own right be worth the cost of admission for that fight. Um, not a not a Greg Hardy fan. I know there's a uh, there's a, a a female undercard. I mean, a, there's a a female fight on the card as well. Um, I don't remember who was it fighting. It, it was nobody that really stuck out as like a buy it for that fight. That's the only reason they're not on this list. But the Sean O'Malley be cool to see him get his ass kicked. He'll probably win. Um, I don't know why I dislike the guy so much. I but something about him runs in the wrong way. Yeah, I want to see Greg Hardy get his ass kicked. But that Burns fight and the Dustin uh, Poirier Connor fight is like that has to be one you have to watch because you know they're both going into this like guns blazing. Let's do this. It's the third part of a trilogy, so there is no there is no more after this, right? Um, Connor got himself back into that last one, even though he ultimately lost. He got his uh, shin kicked into next necessary. week. Yeah, that's that's the new the new style of the uh, the UFC. If you watch a lot of the stand up fights, that front leg kick is no joke. If you're not checking those, then uh, you're you're gonna eat it. You've seen some fantastic fantastic fighters over the last uh, I would say like six months who have come out and not checking that front leg kick ended up being the demise. We we talked about that one fight where uh, the guy took so many that the nerves in his ankles gave out and it looked like he broke his ankle and literally it was just yep. the nerves giving up. But anyway, uh, UFC 264, I'll be watching it. We'll, we'll recap it next week. But uh, if, if you have the means, find a way to watch it. It'll be worth it. I'll find a way to watch it. And <laughs> shout out to the 24-hour flu that I had in Philadelphia this weekend because I was sitting in the room drinking some hashtag Yards beer eating room service, watching Tyson Fury 1 and 2. And I got to say, I am excited for Tyson Fury, Deontay Wilder 3. <laughs> so yep. I don't Fury usually said, buy Fury boxing matches, in a- but I think I'm going to do that. Yeah. Fury just said he's coming in at 300 pounds. He's going to be a big boy for this one. I hope so, because he could have yeah. won that fight plenty of times. <laughs> but it, anyways, anyways, all right. Anyways, we we babbled on long enough. Thanks you, yeah. Thanks, thanks to all, all of yous, all of yous. Yeah, I'm 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 not. I just spent time in Jersey now, in Philadelphia. No, I, wow, this is crazy. We're going off the rails here. Listen, we're gonna go because we're, Sam's uh, Sam's falling apart over there. Uh, <laughs> I'm, not I'm gonna say apart. thanks everybody. I'm not falling apart. Anyways, what I'm saying is, there's a lot of great sports coming up, Tim. A lot of great sports. Yep. We got a lot of good episodes coming up because. Olympics are coming up. Got some good UFC cards. We're obviously going to have a new NBA champion to be a new NHL champion. And Dallas Cowboys, hard knocks. I don't hate it, even though it's their third time. I wonder yep. what what new thing they're going to show us, but uh, I'm here for it. Let's go. Yep. We got Wimbledon. We got Copa. European final, the Euro finals, all going on right now. We, it's, uh, <laughs> Well, the stats around our podcast is about all sports, but when you started that sentence with Wimbledon, I was like, Tim? Oh, dude. <laughs> uh, if you have never been to the tennis U.S. Open in New York, you have to go. I was not a huge tennis fan until I got there. Damn. Uh, I was today years old when I learned event. that Tim is a tennis fan. 
we're podcast yeah, co-hosts um, at eight years old so that's good yeah, good. yeah 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 um i held off on recapping it i don't know enough about it to speak as intelligently well shit now like i gotta get learned sort of setting don't i um uh, but if you have the ability to get to new york for the that open go it is amazing the facility that they built out for that there's like so this is how it works you you pay there are two tiers of tickets you either pay to just get in the front gate in which there are like 20 courses that you can walk to at any given point and see whoever's playing at any time of day you come and go when you uh, you you show up and you leave when you're done once you're once you're out you can't get back in um but then like you get it's the Arthur. I think it's called the Arthur Ashe Stadium, which is like the center court where all the a lot of the high profile players play. But if you can get there on like one of the earlier days, get those cheaper tickets, you can see a lot of those guys uh, playing on some of those satellite courses. Such a cool event. Um, when you walk through the gate, you see how much money is in tennis because it's like Aston Martin and Arab Emirates is the uh, our sponsors are there. But oh, it's amazing! It's amazing! Awesome. All right. Put on your bucket list. Along with going to or the no. Masters to eat the $2.95 pimento cheese sandwich. You know what I mean? It's, it's up there. It's got to be. What's yeah. the food like at the... Deal. Do you know? Uh, there's like full-on restaurants inside when you go in there. But there's a drink. Like there's a specific drink, and I'm forgetting the name of it. When you go there, it's like the staple you have to get while you're there. It's some Grey Goose and, and something. But of like you get a souvenir something is yeah. tennis. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, but man. it's uh it's 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 good stuff. But anyway. Carry on everybody. Carry on. We will Thank talk you. to you next week. Cheers, everybody. Am I pronouncing that? You're such an asshole. Am I pronouncing that? Absolutely such an asshole. It's unbelievable. Am I pronouncing it right? Uh, Swish him? Yeah. I bet. I, you know, this just, is fucking yeah. crazy. Not only do you have a beer, which I don't know, the nine tenths of America would kill to have right now, and you had to go rub it in our yeah. face because you were on the fucking local news. What kind of shit is this, Tam? I can't compete with you. I'm a small town, small yeah. market product. You're a big market team. I am so mad right now. So fucking mad. <laughs> go back to drinking whiskey, Tim. The fuck is this? Beer is my thing. I, I haven't even uh well I mean I don't want to hear it. Welcome to the I don't club, want to hear it. Yeah, but, you've uh, already enjoyed it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh yeah, man. How is uh the beautiful little candy? Oh, I'm sure it is, yeah, and I hope it tastes fucking terrible. I hope you give it a three two five just out of spite. <laughs> uh, this is some bullshit. Uh, this is some bullshit. Yeah. I, sir, cannot wait because uh, I even went the extra mile and uh, I have not had one of these yet. <laughs> I haven't even cracked it yet. Oh, boy. Yeah. What do I even call it? it don't be delicious. Can I just call it instead of like I, I'm drinking OJ tonight. I mean, I, I, I thought I went I thought I went big, but you just got to go ahead and just up it for no f- goddamn fucking reason so what do i say it's a double ipa from gourmet and a fucking whale from boston mass is that like i should say that that's that's what it is yeah yeah well technically it's a collaboration from boston and uh but this one is from massachusetts courtesy of canton yeah buddy <laughs>